0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of State of the Franchise, the podcast that discusses franchise of all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, and genres. I am Tom Stadler, here with my good friend, Fred Dakin.
1: The stars are out tonight, Tom. The stars are out and they are looking bright.
0: I was just thinking that we should almost call the state of the Oscars. Ooh! It's time for Oscar, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar.
1: Yeah, I was trying to, I was driving today and I was like, what's a good, like Oscar <laughs> jam? And I was like, movies. It's really hard because they're like all terrible. <laughs> like, I'm like, the movie goes in the film reel. <laughs> and then we watch it.
0: That, that's perfect. I kind of love it, actually. We should come up with our own Oscar theme song because the Oscars don't, outside of Billy Crystal doing that song a couple times. I feel like they don't really have a theme song, and they change like the even like the symphony lead in every year.
1: And this might be jumping ahead a little, but what if they just get like Weird Al to do one of his medleys in the beginning, <laughs> and he can be like Oscar, Oscar. Oscar night and you're watching it. Burn. And he like moves to like another song and does it all on his accordion or whatever.
0: Yeah. That was didn't they have like a medley though that they lead in with? Like
1: they usually do some sort yeah. of medley. Um, I will say we might have our wishes granted if that uh Harry Potter Weird Owl movie, the Daniel Radcliffe, I should say, Weird Owl movie gets Oscar noms. Oh maybe my God. he will be able to come out and do a song. <laughs>
0: That would actually be wonderful. How many times have we had an opportunity to have Weird Al at the Oscar Awards? Or the Academy Awards. The Oscar Awards. Isn't that? (laughs) It's actually kind of always driven me nuts. We'll we'll talk about this a little bit. That it's commonly called the Oscars, but it's officially the Academy Awards. And I never know which one to use or like which one people will recognize. Yeah, I never know either. I,
1: I use them. I feel I switch them out whenever I feel like it.
0: Yeah, same. It's just I mean, they are interchangeable, obviously, but it's just like, uh, can we just decide on one thing to call them? It's not like somebody calls the Super Bowl, like the the Farverama or something like that. Right?
1: <laughs> no, they would probably need to take a second take on that. Yeah, but it's funny you said Super Bowl, because like this
0: is my Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. watch sports. This this is where I get hype and you should get hype, man. I thought this. uh This year's Oscars was a pretty good crop, and we'll obviously get into talking about this year's Oscars later on as part of our special episode today. We're going to break from format a little bit rather than talk about the history of an entire franchise and get into all the highlights. We're really going to discuss this year's crop of movies.
1: Yeah, I think this year was a very good year. I mean, we can talk up to the pandemic, but last year, like, I feel like they were all good films, but none of them were like, my movies if i Mm -hmm. went through and told you like what i would nominate it probably wouldn't have matched like i like nomadland it's very interesting it's got so much going for it i did give david david Strahane best supporting snack in that
2: but other than
1: (laughs) other than that like i that was the only one that i'm like that was a movie but the rest like i i was looking back i think i saw promising young woman was nominated for best picture yep it was
0: i think yeah, it was. It was, because I watched it because it was nominated. Mm-hmm. That was that was also a movie. That was Bo Burnham before he went and did his whole thing in the room and kind of came out with his jam session.
1: <laughs> yeah, that movie, which I did hear on someone's uh, best movies of the year, like, they put it on their Ooh. Oscar ballot, and I'm like, eh, I could maybe
0: see that. Yeah, I could dig that. It was pretty good, but... Uh, We got plenty to talk about, though. So for anyone who is not familiar with the Academy Awards, popularly known as the Oscars, as Fred and I just went back and forward on, (laughs) um, are awards for artistic and technical merit in the film industry. Really, I would say the most, probably the most prestigious award show of of any genre, potentially. I, I can't think of that the Grammys or the Tony's are bigger than the the Oscars, right?
1: No, I don't think any of them, like no one's sitting around the water cooler talking about like the Grammy awards. I'm sure people watch them or follow them, but I feel like the Oscars, even when like being a little kid who loved movies going to blockbuster, you saw the boxes with the gold outline Mm
2: -hmm. with like
1: the Ford. I always think of the saving private Ryan VHS. You know, or the Titanic that had like the gold box around it. Like I knew that that was a good movie for grownups. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> my god, you're totally throwing me back here by even talking about that. It's been so long. I miss blockbuster like crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. I would love to go to like I know that you can go to the last one and like kind of have an experience. It's like a museum.
0: Yeah, I would love to do that, actually. Is it,
1: that is that a podcast field trip? Like, we do a recording live from the last blockbuster?
0: When we make $1,000 on this podcast, we'll go to Oregon and go to the the last blockbuster.
1: I like it. It's in Oregon? I've never been.
0: Yeah. There's a documentary on, on Netflix. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. We'll go up to I the just Oregon hope trail. we don't die
1: of dysentery on the yeah. way to Oregon.
0: I haven't watched that show with Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi yet, but I imagine that they made it look a lot more fun than it actually was.
1: I will say I love the first two seasons of Miracle Workers. The third is not bad, but I definitely felt it was losing a bit of the juice. But season two is some of the best, you know, comedy television in a while.
0: Wow. It's on the list. I've got a lot of shows yet to watch, but uh, that one's probably up there now, I think. So probably soon we'll have a chat about it. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you, though, Fred. So talking about this being like your Super Bowl and that you've been watching the Oscars for a long time, what would you say is your earliest memory of the award show?
1: Earliest memory of the award show? Honestly, it was probably not until college that, like, I would see clips and stuff.
2: Really? I remember,
1: like, the year that The Wrestler came out Mm -hmm. was, like, the first time I was really paying attention and, like, watching not only the Oscars, but the Golden Globes. Ooh. I feel like, I think that might even be the Dark
0: Knight year. You, I think you're close, if not on.
1: But that's around the time. I think the Dark Knight had a lot to do with, me getting more into the Oscars, and probably a lot of like fanboy nerds like me, because that's when they opened up the category to ten spots, mm-hmm. so they could have more genre choices. And The Dark Knight was nominated for Best Picture. I feel that like, cause that's my favorite part is when critics have to look at my genre stuff and
0: say yeah it's good
1: and I'm like yeah isn't it
0: <laughs> um so the wrestler came out in 2008 so I think you might be remembering that with the dark knight cuz that was yeah. 2007 I believe
1: oh okay yeah that was it's it's that sameish time definitely like a year apart but that's okay. when I'm like that's when I'm formulating my opinions and stuff Mm. But the earliest memory is literally just seeing the boxes and like saying like, no, you have to let me watch Saving Private Ryan. It's been nominated for Oscars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. Like, I love that that was your qualifier. It's like trying to say, I want to watch Boogie Nights because it was nominated for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. This is film. film. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember being really into the 08 Oscars. But I think the first one that really resonated with me, well, because my family used to watch it every year. So I would say like the year Titanic won, I remember it. But I feel like the one that really, truly like stuck with me was 2003 when Return of the King won all the awards and um, it made the joke that like everybody in New Zealand has been thanked after this last like nomination, I think it was after one best picture. I guess I do recall like
1: kind of the story coming out of that everyone giving Pierre Jackson crap because he looked like he had this little crummy suit that would look yeah. like, toward, and then it's you see him leaving with all his Oscar, he like yeah. won all the
0: awards. Who cares what you look like
1: if you're gonna mm-hmm. be rocking and rolling like that Yeah, what's in the water in new zealand over there
0: (laughs) that's making these filmmakers yeah gonna be talking about a new zealand filmmaker today um i'm very excited for uh, despite some of her her recent commentary uh as a late bloomer with the campion camp the campion camp there's got to be a fan club name around that right (laughs) probably well they probably just call themselves campions Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) camp goers, I
1: don't know. Yeah, I think uh, once all this Oscar stuff dies down, I am very excited to watch uh, Top of the Lake, Mm. her TV show, because I love, like, a crime procedural. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see her twist. I hear season one's one of the best series of television, and season two is ridiculous, and they should not have made it. So I'm very uh, excited to watch both.
0: Sounds like Search Party season five. I was not impressed. (laughs) <laughs> I'm very unfortunate because that show was a ride right until then, but I, uh yeah, I only became aware recently that Jane Campion was making a TV show or had made one, I should say, and yeah, I'm very intrigued now after seeing Power of the Dog. Um, just to get into a little history before we finally get into this year's nominees, so uh, the Academy Awards was first held. Back in 1929, May 16th. It was just prior to the opening of the Roosevelt Hotel, the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. And the winner of Best Picture that year was Wings. The uh, TV show? Is, that, that was exactly my response to when I read it. I'm like, is the show based on this? But no, it sounds like something totally different. It had an audience of 270 people who paid uh, what would be in today's money. $50 <laughs> to get into the ceremony. And I'm trying to even envision what a, what a plate costs at the Oscars. If you didn't get an invite.
1: Wow. Probably, Rachel Ziegler could have made it into that Oscars. Just read. She actually got an
0: invite now. She might oh, be presenting. I bet she did. <laughs> after kind of throwing some shade at them and shame on them. I sh- sure. Whoever, whoever owned that Disney or the motion picture Academy. How do you leave out? Like, a young, bright star like that, but it's like, th- this is what Hollywood needs. They need more people like that on And TV. The,
1: the best, or the worst part about it is she's got a very modern, cool style. Like, she's been on the George Lucas talk show a lot, which is yeah. pretty great. That's but awesome. she's also got real classic Oscar Hollywood movie star vibes. It's kind of like, this is the perfect person to kind of wrap up, like, you know, new and old. And they were like, nah.
0: Yeah, they're like, uh, I don't know. Does she need to be there? Well, (laughs) gotta make sure Ansel Elgort gets his. Yeah, Ansel Elgort
1: got two seats. No, he got an empty seat on either side because no one could sit next to him.
0: (laughs) That dude is also ridiculously tall. Like,
2: (laughs) I feel like I wouldn't want to sit next to
0: him. She is. It was funny to see her, like, having to wear heels for the dance scene in that movie because she had to make up the difference in the height between them. Mm. Uh, yeah that was funny Uh, so the first ceremony though winners were announced to the media three months early so everybody knew who won before the ceremony even began they, this was just at that point getting your statue and getting your applause Um, the second ceremony then in 1930 and for the rest of the first decade the results were given to newspapers on the night of the awards but I think it was 1939 they said that the newspapers were just kind of beating them to the, the the well, it wasn't even broadcast yet, but they were beating it to them. So people knew who won going in. So they finally changed it to the sealed envelope thing and proceeded to put La La Land instead of Moonlight in the envelope.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> the sealed envelope way has worked ever since.
0: <laughs> Infallible system, <laughs> unless you have Warren Beatty and <laughs> Faye Dunaway trying to figure that out. Yeah, they just broke old Hollywood right on camera. <laughs> yeah, they did. It's almost kind of sad looking at that now. It's just, it's sad to know that like Faye Dunaway doesn't get along with anybody either. Super sad, but I will say, great television. Absolutely. Very good <laughs> drama. Uh and then yeah, man, the the 25th Oscars, that was the first ceremony telecast. So we had 24 ceremonies that were just completely read about in newspapers after the fact. It's kind of like the, was it the Dean Martin roasts that they used to do before they Mm -hmm. became like the comedy central ones?
1: Yeah. I was going to think those Oscars were probably wild.
0: Yeah. A hoot nanny of a time, just having Orson Welles probably taking down two bottles of liquor by himself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Orson Um, Welles clips are my favorite.
0: No, 100%. He's his, uh, his, jokes that just have that Orson Wells that I don't even know how you describe him. He's just very highfalutin in general, right? He's like a real life Fraser
1: Crane on those roasts, I think. <laughs> he is just like, got that like <laughs> and he's like making these little quick-witted jokes.
0: Yep. Well, Dean. <laughs> um, so Fred, I did have before we, we looked to this year, I had a little quiz drawn up for you. So, cause one of the things that I note about the Academy Awards and I really want to get your feel, obviously, you know, you're excited about it. I'm excited about it, but I find that after a couple of years, I really have a difficult time remembering what was actually nominated or won. And I think that's kind of a good tee up to what we're about to talk about here, because I think there's some, there's a good crop of movies that were nominated, but there's are also a good crop that weren't nominated. For sure. So, to to get this started, I want to take us back a decade and I want to ask you to give me three of the nominees from the 2012 Academy Awards, aka the year that Dark Knight Rises was nominated or not nominated.
1: (laughs) Dark Knight Rises year 2012. Yeah. I feel like. So, obviously, it was in the movie 2012. That didn't get nominated, but it did no. out the year
0: 2012. S- oh, oh, so, to be clear, so the 2012 would have been for the, the year 2011.
1: Right, yeah. It's, I forgot it's the year after. Yep. I feel like if you gave me one movie, I could, like, domino effect it. Okay. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll give you the hardest one, I think, from this year, and that was Warhorse.
1: A fucking horse. Bad horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause this is the year I moved into my brother's place in college and we didn't have TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm not watching the Oscars this year. I I got nothing, man. You stumped me. Yeah. I'm I guess I'm not good at like the years.
0: <laughs> I know. It's it's super tough. I'll give you let's see. I'll give you two directors. And see if you can pull them out. Uh, Terrence Malick,
1: Oh Tree Life*.
0: Yep. Brad Pitt Wait.
1: got nominated for an Oscar.
0: Yep. Also, got nominated that year. Well, for Best Picture was *Moneyball*.
1: Ooh, yeah, that and that didn't that win?
0: That did not win Best Picture, but.
1: But well, that's also you've got nominated. Um, Jonah, Jonah Hill gets nominated. Brad Pitt gets nominated. Yep. right?
0: for for that movie. Yep. Yes, the artist though was the best picture. Oh that God, year.
1: that Which, movie is
0: so funny. That movie, I remember loving that movie coming out of the theater, and I haven't thought about it unless we're talking about the Oscars. And I'm like, oh, I remember when the artist won. <laughs>
1: So, Jean Dijardin is nominated for Best Actor, right? And, and
0: one Best Actor.
1: The dog came out on stage, I remember.
0: Yeah. But that was a talented dog, though. It's not... I'm not hating. But, yeah, other movies that year, Descendants, The Help, Midnight in Paris. Yeah,
1: if you were to ask me that... Uh, that year, which of those I liked, I would have said Midnight in Paris, probably at the time.
0: I did, yeah, I did like Midnight in Paris and Hugo, and I'll stand for Hugo because yeah. that was a secret, um, Meniere movie, and I dug the hell out of that. Good Sacha Baron Cohen performance. Oh, that's right, he's the station guard or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, but enough about 2012, Fred. Let's talk about this year. And to kind of change our format for this episode, I think we'll talk about how each category had its list of nominees, which ones we like from those lists. And then we'll also talk about ones that potentially should have gotten nominated. And that'll be our coulda, woulda, shoulda kind of all in one. And we'll keep bouncing back and forward from category to category. So to kick us off, I want to talk to you about Best actress, and we'll kind of combine the roles for best actress and best supporting, so that we can include even the roles that didn't get nominated, and kind of see who who is in that list. So for best actress, we had Olivia Coleman for *The Lost Daughter*, Jessica Chastain for *The Eyes of Tammy Faye*, Penelope Cruz for *Parallel Mothers*. Cole Kidman for being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart for Spencer.
1: Definitely not a bad turnout there. I don't think overall. I mean, there's one nadir for me, but it's actually not
0: even that bad of a performance. Which, uh, which ones were you a, a big fan of?
1: So I think this movie I'm excited to watch in like two years, but it was pretty undeniable. I thought Kristen Stewart. For me, was the big standout. Someone Mm -hmm. uh, like posed that movie to me as, think of it as like The Shining, starring Princess Diana. (laughs) And when I thought about it, I was like, "Damn, that movie is kind of shot like The Shining and has that same feel." And I think she brings it by doing like a person that is real and also an accent, and it all works.
0: Yeah, definitely agreed. There she. I mean, she blew my doors off. Um, I mean, are you in agreement that she should probably win this year? Uh, Yes, and
1: it's kind of like, like I said, I didn't love, love the movie, and I really like to love the movie when I give, like, my best, when I give the award to an actress, but I got to say, like, that was the one that definitely I was like, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that, that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you feel like that's becoming more commonplace with the best acting awards that they're not necessarily for great movies. I mean, we certainly have, well, actually I'm going up and down the list. None of the movies for the acting award for best actress were nominated for best picture. So we literally have just like pure performances from top to bottom here.
1: Mm -hmm. And like, example of that for me would be we we together had a pro day and watched the lost daughter and yeah. that was a movie i did not really you know that didn't really do it for me but i do have olivia coleman on my list for best actress because i'm like well yeah she was great in that so yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely so coleman probably could win right mm-hmm. i actually didn't get to see the eyes of tammy Faye. What, did you get a chance to look at that I one?
1: did see that, and Jessica Chastain, who I also have on my list, is very good in it, but it's also, like, a very showy, hammy movie mm. that is pretty pedestrian by the book's biopic, which I was kind of sad because I don't know if you knew it's directed by Michael Showalter oh, from really? Stella. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, okay, because he did um, the Kumail Nanjani movie, I believe.
0: The, oh, uh, oh, why is that one escaping me now? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm sure
1: people know the one we're talking about. Big Sick. Yeah, The Big Sick. So he's kind of slowly been becoming like an auteur, which I'm all about because I think he is a good director. But yeah, it was very much like, look at these actors, you know, doing these big performances. Isn't it very good? And I don't know. Righteous Gemstones is a better, uh, version of that story for sure
0: yeah I could probably see that just because I feel like it has the ability to go much more over the over the top as opposed to yeah like the eyes of Tammy Favish probably has to be somewhat grounded because it's based in reality
1: yeah, I don't know. The gemstones do that, like they have that balance of like over the top humor, and I'm also like the commentary on churches, how they deal with money and taxes. Like mm-hmm. it hits all that perfectly.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it does kind of come off that way. I only watched the pilot for that show, so I, I have very minimal context, but that's the vibe I kind of got. Just watching
1: mm-hmm. season that part. two is the like season one. I likes. I really like season two. Really It's got Eric Roberts in it. And he's just doing his thing. It's pretty great. Man,
0: It's what a different career path he had from his sister, right? Sister yeah, Julia sister. Roberts? Yeah.
1: Okay. Like, I feel he's doing, like, Pope of Greenwich Village next level acting. Like, he's oh, playing, man. like, a very similar <laughs> character.
0: <laughs> I didn't get to see that either, but I, I've heard about it. Oh, man, um, you got to watch that. <laughs> I'm clearly behind on some of these these shows.
1: Well, Popeye Village is like way back in the day, an older movie with him and Mickey Rourke. That was like an Oscar play. Oh. Yeah. You ever hear like,
0: they took my fingers, Charlie. <laughs> uh, that one does ring a bell. But I just was thinking, I was like, what was the last thing Mickey Rourke did? Was it Iron Man 2? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember. He wanted his bird. He wanted his bird. But he did not get the bird. Well, he did get the bird, but he did not he get another job. He paid to have that
1: bird in the movie. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yeah, he paid for the bird and his gold teeth. They said they would not pay for it. He said, well, what if I pay for it? Because he was in character, probably.
0: Yeah. Or how does he talk in real life? Kind of kinda like that, right? Like yeah. Randy the Ram character. I love that we got two Mickey Rourke movies squeezed in this just because the dude has been off the map for probably five ten. 10 Andrew dice clay, who is seems like he has very similar energy to Mickey Rourke. Now has gotten way more work than Mickey Rourke. has.
1: Well, I think Andrew dice clay has come around and knows like how to play ball now. And now he's getting like these great roles that are fit perfectly for him. Yeah. Like, I thought he was amazing in a star is born. Oh yeah. That was That was a great role when he was watching the TV and he's like, that's my
0: daughter. Like
1: I thought that was like the best. I would have given him Oscar for that.
0: (laughs) That was, that was a surprisingly good movie. I I have to say I, I did enjoy it quite a bit.
1: Tom, Tom, I just want to get another look at you.
0: (laughs) I love that Bradley Cooper, like, forgot how to sing that way after he was just like spending too much time with Sam Elliott, which is a little concerning considering <laughs> Sam Elliott's yeah,
1: recent sh- behavior. <laughs> you shouldn't spend too much time with Sam Elliott. Although when Sam Elliott puts his hand on the back of that headrest to reverse in a Stars
0: born, he's got tears in his eye. Yeah. I would give him an Oscar for that. Definitely. Just the, the eternal cowboy in mindset and in body and look. <laughs> um, Let's talk about supporting actress, though, because we got a couple interesting roles here. I I always love the supporting roles because I feel like as good as the leading roles are normally, the supporting roles always give somebody a chance to shine with a lot of limited time. And I, I felt like most of the people in this category got a decent chunk of screen time, maybe outside of Jesse Buckley, who got nominated for The Lost Daughter. Um, we had Ariana DePose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, and oh God, I'm going <laughs> to have to apologize in advance for this one. I think it's Ingenue Ellis. Ingenue Ellis? Yeah, is that right? I think so. Ingenue Ellis? Yeah, for King Richard, uh, which I've not seen yet. So that's the one oh, okay. best picture I'll I'll, I have to disqualify myself from couple of those categories just knowing that those performances and um that movie could be very good but you've seen it
1: um i did see it it is definitely uh, when it gets to the serena williams parts that's when it really flies but okay. i mean i would be happy if uh i know we're not doing the actor but will smith is pretty good and i could see him leaving with the trophy because he won the bafta so oh wow but, um, as far as that performance it's it's a good performance, but I don't think it's going to hold water compared to some of these others.
0: Yeah, it's a little tough, considering I think just the work that man the the one that I was like she could win because I don't know that she has yet, and I will have to have to do some some quick research here. but Kirsten Dunst in Power of the Dog is doing some. She's doing some real good play, bouncing mm-hmm. off of Benedict, another Best Actor nominee.
1: Yeah, and I would say like, I really want Ariana DeBose to win, but I also feel like Dunst deserves a trophy for this role. Like she did really well, so you know it's I want to give
0: it to both. <laughs> yeah, this is Kristen Dunst's first Oscar nominee. That's wow. a little surprising, considering. She's done some stuff.
1: Well, more like the kind of director she works with, like, she yeah, with the uh, kind of all tours. So I feel that puts you in the right place, but,
0: but to not break through until she's, you know, pushing 40, like, come on, mm-hmm. kind of crazy, or she's probably over 40. Now I, I feel like I don't know her. Yeah. She's going to be 40 in April,
1: but you would, ag- Oh, so you would agree that, uh, Ariana, DuBose is probably going to win, but Dunce might be the surprise upset. Is that what you're thinking?
0: Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I think Ariana DeBose will win. Kirsten Dunst could win. I'm a little torn on should win because there's... <sighs> Now that I'm comparing these two movies in my mind, I only just watched West Side Story over the weekend, but Ariana DeBose is really damn good. We were even talking about after the movie, I'm talking about my girlfriend and I, um, about how much better the part of Anita is than really any other part in that movie. And I don't think the movie works without her. I think Uh, there's two performances
1: that make the movie work. Um, we'll get to that, but she is definitely on my. You know, Fred's got his Academy Award noms, and they may not mean anything, but these people should be pretty thrilled they're on my list. Yeah, gonna say,
0: but you would give the trophy to Dunst, is what you're saying?
1: Um, of the people nominated, yes. Okay, I do, and I'm, and I think I would probably give it out of my category too. I would split between Ariane DeVos and Dunst. Um. But I do have I don't know if it was I do have three supporting actresses that were not nominated that I would. No,
0: think. let's let's talk about what could have been because, yeah, there were a lot of performances that were good that didn't get recognized. And that's very I, sad. I
1: didn't throw out any actresses because everyone that got nominated was pretty much like it was like a mere copy. Mm. I didn't know if you had any actresses. I know we wouldn't pass it, but I know if there was anyone you wanted to shout out real quick.
0: Um, I did write down a number of them. <laughs> okay. only because I had a chance to to really kind of look back yesterday and think about all the different performances that I watched um, I felt like Rebecca Ferguson in Dune was really good very good I, it's weird how she keeps kind of popping up in these big movies even like Doctor Sleep and it's kind of secretly the best part of them
1: <laughs> so, oh yeah Doctor Sleep I think she's amazing and-
0: yeah like that movie also probably not anywhere near that great without her.
1: I would agree with that and I love that movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um I also wanted to give a shout out though to Rita Moreno in West Side Story too cuz I was like here she is playing a it's a, it's a pretty throwaway role. Uh, maybe not. I shouldn't say that. I haven't seen the stage production that many times, maybe one time in my life, but to well, go
1: usually f- in the production, it's just like the guy, Doc. It's like, this is a completely new character written, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. I So, yeah, I think they obviously switched the gender, kind of created something new. It was weird because I was trying to read a synopsis. Because we were actually trying to figure out, too, if the events followed the same way that they did exactly in the stage play. Because we had not remembered anything about Tony going to jail in the original production. But that that could have been part of it or part of been part of the movie, but not the play or the play, but not the movie. So it's like, there's so much information going back and forward, but that aside, her getting that song too, was pretty great.
1: It was really good. And you know, I'm
0: she's 90 years old.
1: Right. And it's like, that song is usually like this belted song, but she does it very reserved yet. Yeah, very beautiful and soulful. And yeah, I like what they dead with that character especially you know having someone who is like a Puerto Rican person who married a white person who has this kind of special power in the neighborhood because Mm -hmm. of who she is and I thought that was like many of the like little things that they did in that movie which I loved I thought like that and I feel as like uh, you know privileged white guy I don't know if I can say this was effective or whether this is the right way to go about but I thought the trans character was done really well in the West side story. I thought that was great representation.
0: I man, we'll talk more about West side story when we get into the, the best picture nominees, but I really did enjoy this take on it after hearing a lot about it. I'm like, well, what can you do with West side story? And it's like, you can do a lot (laughs) compared to, especially to the, the original version. So, um, so you didn't have any other acting or actress or supporting
1: actresses, I do have three that I wanted to throw out uh, okay. that did not get love. One is Catherine Hunter. She played the witches in uh The oh. Tragedy of Macbeth. She's Mrs. Fig from Harry Potter.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. I don't know why she's not up there, but that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah.
0: That
1: was um. I also have Harriet Sampson Harris from uh, Licorice Pizza. Yep, I wrote and her down too. That, that might be my win, but it's so like in a sweet spot for me because it is pretty much her doing her Frazier character <laughs> in a PTA movie. Like, yeah, it's the same deal, but it's probably written a little better because it's PTA. And the last one, a bell I will be ringing. I wish I had a real bell with me uh, for a movie that did not get any love at all is uh, Olga Meredith in In the Heights. Mm. She was like the uh, kind of elderly woman who everyone looked up to, and she has that great number towards the end when she dies. Spoiler alert.
0: Oh, I didn't actually see the movie, but... Oh, sorry. Okay, well, <laughs> now I know. Uh, but, no, that's a good good another name to throw out there, though, too. I um, it's like... I think this kind of goes to it, you know, we just sort of had this back and forth here, but... It's hard to, to really categorize like Harriet Sansom Harris. Obviously, that's a supporting acting role, hundred percent. But like, I feel like sometimes it really is just sort of arbitrary who's supporting and who's leading. Because like Rebecca Ferguson in Dune could be a supporting role. It could also be a leading role. Like right. kind of wherever. And it's it's almost surprising that she didn't break through because ah, Nicole Kidman was good in being the Ricardos I've seen her do better it's just because she was doing a Lucille Ball impression that's my take
1: yeah and I just thought with that performance I guess there's nothing wrong with it but it's just like when you have grown up with an actress and you can see what she do, she can do mm-hmm. I feel you almost expect like you know spellbinding performances to
0: get nominations now because yeah it's like well, old she-
1: Kidman she yeah, goes she, to AMC theaters.
0: She's, <laughs> she's just like all of us. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, she's one of those that you'll just keep seeing her pop up, right? She's like a Meryl Streep or even Judy Dench. You got to name it nominated. It's like, of course she got nominated or you had, um, and one person we didn't talk about who didn't get nominated this year is Frances McDormand for Lady Macbeth. It was oh, like, there you go. Who was also very good, but Frances McDormand is always very good. So when when is she good enough and not? You know, because she sets her own bar as high as she can go, for um, sure.
1: And one thing that we know about the Oscars,
0: they love them some Judy Dench. They love Judy Dench. Oh, man, I had never seen Shakespeare in Love, so <laughs> I assumed when I saw Judy Dench had won an Oscar for that movie, I was like, oh. She's probably just bringing that powerhouse stuff in a couple scenes. She is in two minutes of that movie <laughs> like, with so much makeup on, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's ridiculous.
1: Honestly, I'd give her... I'd take it away for that, and I'd give it to her for Cats. That movie may be awful, but she's do- <laughs> she's doing it
0: in that movie. Sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> uh, let's move on to, to actor. Cool, cool. So... We had for best actor in a leading role, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for power of the dog, the P of the D,
2: <laughs>
0: Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith in King Richard and Denzel Washington in the tragedy of Macbeth. Where were you feeling on, uh, on this one?
1: Um, I think these are all pretty good noms. I think everyone knew when Will Smith was doing this movie, he was going to get a nomination, even if he mm. was bad. Yeah. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is definitely a big standout for me because when I heard he was like going to be in a western, I was like, "That's stupid." The dude sounds like a butler. And <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, it kind of plays into that because he's playing this like intelligent, you know scholarly dude who wants to just live the like bronco henry ranch life so he is a fake (laughs) so it kind of works
2: it does um
1: (laughs) yeah that was my thought about him and then the other thing i'll throw out i think andrew garfield who's having like the best year ever is like that tick tick boom performance really turned me around on andrew garfield i was never the biggest a andrew garfield fan but i think i might be a big andrew garfield fan
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Andrew Garfield could have pulled in a supporting role for No Way Home because he was real good in that, too. (laughs)
1: You're just going to ruin my hot take.
0: (laughs) Oh, no! sorry.
1: That take has gone so cold at this moment because I had that take leaving the theater. Yeah. I was like, we were all here for Toby, but Garfield's bringing the real heat and he is amazing in this. He's the amazing Spider-Man,
0: so it makes sense. He had a fastball going that day. He had a fastball going all year. He would have won Cy Young if he was playing baseball. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he is He's very good in Tick Tick Boom. That's definitely my upset pick that could win because there's even an argument. And I haven't seen Eyes of Tammy Faye just based on what I hear. So you can vouch for this. Was he pretty good in that too?
1: I think he's kind of a ham sandwich in that movie. He's not bad, <laughs> but like that's the Andrew Garfield shit we don't like is yeah. him in that movie. Okay. But um, yeah, I think overall it's not a bad performance, but it's definitely, he's making a ham sandwich in that movie.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha.
1: Him and Vincent D'Onofrio are just rubbing ham together for a couple <laughs> of scenes.
0: Oh God. Well, I'm maybe not in a rush then to see that. I'll probably catch it at some point this week, but definitely want to catch King Richard once it comes on HBO later this week. Yeah. That's Um, a fun
1: watch to an extent. Like the first hour is kind of depressing, but like I said, once the Venus Williams stuff really cooks, it's like, yeah, it's like watch remember the Titans or something like that. It gets
0: like to those good vibes for me. And another good Denzel performance. Who's another one of those actors. So it's just like, he never phones it in. He's, He's always on you pick the performance that you don't think he's up to his own own level of capabilities. And it's like it, it feels kind of like a like almost a like he was going for that grab here. Be like, I can play Macbeth. And he was a good Macbeth. Like, obviously, he's nominated, but it just I don't know something. That movie was so beautiful to watch just from a, a cinematography standpoint. But something just, I don't know, it didn't have that, that edge to it that you expect from like an, a Shakespeare adaptation or even just from any kind of movie like that. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It 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 was all good performances. It was good, good lighting, good movie all around, but it didn't hit that great stratosphere for me. Yeah.
1: I would say for me, it's going to be, I think Will Smith's going to win. And I'd say it's a split upset between Benedict Cumberbatch and Andrew Garfield. Ooh,
0: I was actually going to say Cumberbatch will win. Garfield could, Will Smith could, only because for every reason you provided for Will Smith. And not to shit on Javier Bardem here either, obviously. He's Which, good, like...
1: But- I, I kind of am fine with him getting the nom because he he definitely has and when I watch that movie, it's wild what he's doing, but it's also like I kind of want to hang out with this guy and like right. Isn't that the point a little bit that you're like, this guy's a little bit of a piece of shit, but he's so damn charming?
0: Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's sort of he, he definitely gets in your in your head mm-hmm. a bit. I will say being the Ricardos. doing my work. Benedict right there. <laughs> <laughs> you work. You gotta, it kind of worked. You got to scowl a little more when you do it. Sorry. I was going to say that Javier Bardem always brings the heat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. The dude's got a baseball glove attached to his hand, so he has a fastball ready at all times.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to throw out my two uh, actors that I was going to throw out uh, Gael Garcia Bernal for Old and no. Anthony Ramos
0: for In the Heights. Okay, I didn't see In the Heights, so that's a good one. I didn't like Gael in Old. I, I told you I watched Old.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've seen him in better stuff. Itumama Tambien is <laughs> peak.
1: Well, yeah, that's a hard comparison, but I would say, um, I really thought that the aging was done mostly by the actors in that movie. Mm -hmm. And I think him like going blind and looking at Vicky Creeps at the end was like oddly heartwarming, which felt really weird to get heartwarmed during that Mm -hmm. movie. And I was like, but. I I know I'm also just kind of in the camp for that guy cuz he was also pretty good in Station 11.
0: I did, actually didn't see that one either, but I do love him. I mean Coco also, yeah, provides a great all-time vocal performance. Oh yeah. And
1: then Anthony Ramos, I'm just like he really puts that movie on his shoulders. I think In the Heights just got like swept under the rug for no reason.
0: Mhm. Cuz yeah, there was so much fanfare. I think a lot of people even talking about like why why did this movie just kind of fall into nothing because it really was i think mostly positively received maybe some stuff where people were like eh didn't love the way they did that or portrayed this type of person but yeah overall okay uh i had two definite lead actor nominees hitoshi nishijima and drive my car again a name I, i hope i'm not mispronouncing so apologies ahead of time. And Nicolas Cage in that pig.
1: Love that pig. I actually Love had him on the pig. list. I, while you were talking, I was like, oh, crap, I missed, I missed Nick Cage.
0: Nick Cage, which is funny because I was just reading an article, too, about how he was like, I may have done all these video on-demand movies to help me pay off my taxes or my debts, but I never phoned it in. And I'm like, you didn't. I, I've watched a lot of those movies just because, and right. he's always, he's always there. He's always like putting everything he has into a performance. Like that's that's pretty respectable. And I think just to, to speak a little to that, because we're not going to really have a chance to talk too much more about pig. I don't think throughout the rest of this is, I love that it kind of culminated in that before he really was back, that he was able to do a movie like pig where it's totally curbs your expectations for what you expect for a movie or a performance too. like, you expect him to have that, that Mandy like edge to him, (laughs) but it turns out to be just this very heartbreaking movie. And you're like, shit. Right. Everyone thought
1: it was going to be, uh, um, John Wick, but with a pig.
0: Yeah. And instead it's like Ratatouille. Yeah. Babe meets Ratatouille. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk supporting.
1: That's this is probably my biggest list because I'm like the deal with Freddie's Oscars is I can have seven dudes on this list if I <laughs> want.
0: That's true, Fred. If you ran the Oscars, I would watch the entire ceremony because <laughs> I just want to <laughs> see. I Jackman, <laughs> another guy we need to we need to get back into the fold here too. But you're going to
1: say we got to get him on the pod. <laughs> we got
0: to get him on the pod. What do you think he's doing right now? Is he, is he talking to Reynolds about possibly getting into Deadpool? We'll see. <laughs>
1: He's busy, like, acting like he knows what TikToks are.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actor in a supporting role. For the nominees, we have is it Ciara and Hines. God, I'm going to just... Kieran. Kieran. But it spells way different than, like, Kieran Culkin. I, I've just always heard it's Kieran Hines. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Uh, Troy Kotzer. Jesse Plemons. J.K. Simmons. And Cody Smith McPhee. Where uh where were you falling on this list? Did you get to catch every one of those movies?
1: I believe I did. Um, I would say that I had Cody Smith McPhee as my like winner and nom guy for like since I saw Power of the Dog. Mm. And he little by little made it off of my list. Yeah. yeah which stinks because it's a great performance. But I mean, the guy who kind of blew everyone out of the water and I really, he's not my pick because I think he's going to take it is uh, Troy Kotzer and Coda.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't actually say the movies. Did I, uh, Heinz and Belfast, Kotzer, Coda, Plemons and power of the dog, Cody Smith, and McPhee and power of the dog, JK Simmons and being the Ricardos. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I fully agree with you there. Uh, Kotzer should win. I think he will win that Kieran Hines though. That role in Belfast was pretty dang good.
1: Yeah, that is true. That might be the part I liked of Belfast.
0: I, I put that one as could win. Smith McPhee is also a could. It just, I don't know.
1: I was just going to say, I think I would have liked Belfast better. If I didn't have, like, the news tell me about how Van Morrison hates wearing a mask.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, it's so much Van Morrison in
1: that movie, which usually before all that, I would have been like, hell yeah, I love Van Morrison. But now every time I listen to it, all I can think about is, like, he's so mad he can't go eat at IHOP.
0: (laughs) I'm like, why do you even want to do that? (laughs) Dude, you can make better corned beef hash at home. Like, let's be be real. Yo, my... (laughs)
1: Grand slam. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I think all these musicians like him and Eric Clapton are too old to do drugs or drink anymore. So all they can do is go to like cracker barrel. And if they can't do that, they're going to write a song about it.
0: Maybe they'll go hang out with kid rock. He's kind of in that same camp. (laughs) He probably has
1: a cracker barrel in his house.
0: (laughs) He lives in a cracker barrel. Yeah. The kid rock doesn't have a home. That's why he lives on a boat half the year. (laughs) How about your could have been nominated? All right,
1: I'm gonna. I'm looking at my list here. So the big one for me that like I'm surprised no one even talked about. It, I really liked Sean Harrison Spencer. It could have just been the flip of I'm used to seeing him like with foam coming out of his mouth, you know, looking <laughs> angry. But he's like such a sweetie in that.
0: Yeah, he's uh, the head chef, right?
1: Yeah, he's the chef in it. Okay. Uh, then I have Adam Arkin from Pig, kind of like a great one senior. He's the dad. Oh, uh, Adam Arkin is uh, the other Arkin's brother. The famous. Oh, really? Arkin. Yeah.
0: Who's the. Alan who's Arkin. The yeah. Alan Arkin. Yeah.
1: Alan and Adam. Yeah. That's the difference.
0: Did not know they were brothers. Okay.
1: And then um, my pick and my winner is Mike Feist for West Side Story. Yeah, he's so good. And then uh, three other names, John Barenthal and um, King Richard. I don't know why I couldn't Yeah. it. He's great. Mark Antony has a great one seen in In the Heights. And then, like I said, my big take,
0: Andrew Garfield, No Way Home. Yeah, he's very good in that. Those are good picks. I'm excited to see King Richard now. I I think uh, it sounds like there's a lot of good performances in there and a lot of good, just all around this stuff. I mean, I like Venus and Serena. Like again, we go back to the champion's comments. It's like you know, maybe let's just not say anything. It's not it's not anyone's choice that they're not facing men. They they have to deal with that the expectations every day of their life, like you know. And if they had to play men, they probably are beating them. They're that good. Mm-hmm. Well, my thing with her comments Like hmm
1: would I rather be A like Older lady in New Zealand Or would I rather be a small black child In Compton which do you think is harder <laughs> Like, Yeah <it's-> no
0: shit <laughs> I it's- know which
1: one I'm sorry I just know <laughs>
0: Yeah <laughs> My god It's just some people just need to put, put a filter On mm-hmm. themselves but- and, of course, uh,
1: you know, I throw in names just to give them, like, light. But uh, Mark Anthony really does have, like, a great scene in uh, in the Heights. Really? Just kind of like a one-off scene.
0: Which is, it's funny, too. I love seeing these musicians start coming in. Right, Mark Anthony? He's, he's a musician. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm not thinking of somebody else, am I? But, um. yeah. Tell me, baby girl, because I need to know. That's I Mark need Anthony. To know. That's a jam. <laughs> I hope he sings that song in the Heights. <laughs> no, that's the weird part. I don't
1: think he, he sing. he doesn't sing at all. It's a purely dramatic part in, in the Heights.
0: Wow. All right. I'm here for it. I'm in. Um, I like that list. I'll throw out a couple. Cause I, I can't believe you missed this one. Fred Bradley Cooper and licorice pizza. Where did you say it? <laughs>
1: If and I'm, 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 I'm
0: like doubting that I even like didn't hear it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I did love, but I, it was also just one of those like, yeah, Bradley Cooper's got that fastball. I know it. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, he's everybody and anybody's been talking about that movie or that performance. Has talked about how awesome it is, and it's he just has that energy about him. It's mm-hmm. so good.
1: Yeah, it's cocaine energy. <laughs> That's the it is.
0: It's big cocaine energy. I wanted to give another shout out to two movies we just talked about too. So Alex Wolf and pig. Oh yeah. Not old. I'm sorry, Fred. (laughs) I didn't. He's good and old though. He's fine. Uh, (laughs) we'll talk old, but I liked him in pig. I thought that was a really good role for him. I liked that. He's kind of sneakily turning into this sort of like reliable, not a leading man necessarily, but he's just, he kind of, comes in these movies he, he delivers great work uh i'm really looking forward to keep watching alex wolf for years
1: mm-hmm. he um, can be very cool and he can also be like a sopping wet blanket
0: and i love it yeah that he does he has the ability to, to switch like that i feel like you know going back to the actresses jesse buckley kind of has that energy too right now where she can kind of just really bring the, the house down or she can look like she's having the time of her life and just gonna roll with it um, the other one from no way home, it's going to throw out Willem Dafoe. Cause he is
1: for sure. He's just
0: wonderful. He brings, he ties that movie together. As much as people were excited about Molina, I thought Dafoe outshined him.
1: Oh yeah. Dafoe is my guy of the two. Like I like Doc Ock and I like, I think I agree. Spider-Man two is probably a better movie than Spider-Man one. But when mm-hmm. talking about pure villain roles, like
0: it's, it's Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, he is Dafoe. And like, he, he set the tone.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was very disappointed. I forget who ended up beating him, but I'm still mad he didn't win for Florida Project. because oh. I thought that was the perfect, you know, because I guess it was just the idea that it kind of turned his personality on a head where he was kind of standoffish, but then you see he's got like this great heart. That
0: was a mess. I'm, I was looking up the, the 2017. I think Mahershala might have beat him that year, which... Probably deserved, but
1: wait for Moonlight though, right? Yeah, for okay, Moonlight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, if it's no, sp- no,
0: not not Green Book. We won't talk about Green Book. We don't need to talk about. I Green don't.
1: Book. I don't mind taking that award from
0: Mahershala for Green Book, but I won't touch his Moonlight award.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Want to talk about some actual like movie movies movies?
1: Sure, let's do it.
0: Let's just kind of w- slowly weed in here. So documentary. Cause I do want to talk about one that I'm very certain will win. I could be wrong, but I think it's got, I think it's got that heat. Um, the best documentaries was something that I never really watched much in years past, but I think is really the last two or three years. It started becoming a, a must see. And I think you said you've only seen maybe one of the nominees on the list. Is that right? Yeah. Flea. Okay we'll talk flea at the end cause that spoiler alert. That's the one that I think will win, but just to give a little love, uh, watch summer of soul, which is all about the Harlem, uh, music festival that took place back in the, I think it was like 1969, like same time as Woodstock. And it's pretty crazy to see all these people out in this park and just having a time of their life and just what a cultural movement it was. And, this really was a year where I felt like they were doing a lot of documentaries where it's about topics that a lot of people don't know about. Attica was another one that got nominated. It was about a prison riot that got quelled in an extremely violent way. Uh, mm-hmm. Not for faint of heart.
1: There's <laughs> an it. Attica. I didn't, I have got to watch that. Cause I know about Attica. Well, mostly from like looking at Wikipedia while watching dog day afternoon.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a hard watch, but it's really, it's one that everyone should watch because I think it just kind of puts a real big pin in the whole conversation about the infrastructure of the prison system and just about where, where we even started, you know, two years ago with the black lives matter movement, really taking off and just keeping that conversation going, um, to see where people were in 1971 and just how little things have changed. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, Ascension was another very interesting one. It's very much about uh, consumerism and like the world of working in China. And it's just a very fascinating watch. You're very much just a, a fly on the wall watching people do stuff. There's not a lot of talking heads or I don't think there's any actually. So it's a little like that Beatles documentary, but instead you're in the heart of China seeing how people are working in these factories and all over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what were your thoughts on Flea?
1: Well, Flea I thought is just one of those documentaries that was packaged great for a broad audience. And that's why I think it's getting such heat because it's got the great animation. It's also got like star performers adding their talent to the role, which is kind of like for me, I liked and disliked because I kind of wish I was going in there not being like, oh, man, I like Riz Ahmed. (laughs) Because of the (laughs) whole time I am picturing Riz Ahmed. Like, even though you're getting to see the uh, animation version in my head, I'm still, like, picturing (laughs) Riz Ahmed. But I think it really, um, having the animation, having kind of the touchstones made it um, enjoy. Interesting. (laughs) I don't want to necessarily say enjoyable although the animation is very cool even though it's relatively stripped down but um it's very interesting how it moves
0: yes absolutely it's a movie that i it i didn't see it coming like what what was it even going to be about like you kind of got a feeling of like okay is this is going to be about you know some kind of crazy journey that somebody went on but the lengths that this movie went i think to in the pursuit of art to try and to, you know, completely conceal the person's story that they're telling and the whole like journey. It's just wild, just absolutely wild. And it's so pertinent, I think too, especially with, you know, Russia invading another country and the fallout that's going to happen from that. And to see this documentary and be like, again, here was something. What, you know, 30 some years ago that very similar. Definitely. And a lot of Ukrainian refugees are probably maybe not going to the, the same crazy lengths, but still probably some further lengths than they are expected to get out of there. Mm. Well, I'm
1: definitely glad that you checked out some of these documentaries. Because um, yeah, I am kind of feeling as I get older, I really should watch them just for like the personal growth you get. And when I end up do watching it like a movie like Flea, I tend mm. to enjoy it. And I think that's how most people are. It's just like most people aren't thinking to check those out. I feel most people do
0: skip over the documentaries. I mean, I think a lot of people do, but it's also the other end. And kind of what you just said, it's like when you watch one, you feel like, oh, I'm getting something a little bit more from these. And and it seems like, you know, it's becoming a more popular category, more talked about. A lot more people are getting attention for them. Um, Yeah, I mean, definitely from the nominee list, I think they really captured a lot of good ones because... Uh, the ones that I had said missed the cut were The Beatles Get Back, which isn't really a documentary in my mind. Maybe it is. I don't know. What? Where do you place that?
1: Uh, that's just like a retro Twitch stream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only watched the first like hour of it. I'm gonna get to more of it, but dang, it's such yeah. a hangout vibe for watching that.
0: It is. It's very much like you're just sitting in the room spending time with the Beatles, which it leads to like one of the greatest like 90 minute closings of anything I've seen. But it's just up until that point, it has become a little bit of a slog and it picks up momentum. But I'm like Peter Jackson, man, we could have cut another two hours or so out of this.
1: Thing. Oh, you wanted Peter Jackson to cut stuff out of his movie? <laughs>
0: I might be asking too much of him. You're right. I wanted the movies to be long. I don't know what <laughs> voice that was. <laughs> no, he's got the New Zealand accent. Yeah, I watched
1: so many of those
0: uh, yeah. Lord of Just, the
1: Rings documentaries. with uh, I was writing this with Fran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you if you saw that one. Did you see Sparks Brothers?
1: I did not. The Edgar Wright documentary. Yeah. And I love, a, I love a documentary about a band I don't know. So I'm very excited to watch it. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yes. Uh, I like think the, that's one I want to visit, too, after the fact, because I didn't get to see it either.
1: The one that comes to mind, one of my favorite documentaries, it's like one that I just kind of relate to the guy a lot when I watch is The Devil and Daniel Johnson. There's a person I never knew.
0: Uh, do you know about that? Have you seen that? Have you heard about this? I, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> <you> um, <laughs> I didn't see it, but I've heard about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know Daniel Johnson, though? No. he's Yeah, he was just like this guy who definitely had his issues, but um, he wrote these beautiful songs, and he was not a great singer, but they were like these just almost musical quality songs that were very simple, but I don't know how to describe other than just like these bare bones full of heart songs. And it's that's a documentary. You know, you've given me a bunch to watch. That's the one I'm going to. Send your way. I'm gonna have to write it down. Okay.
0: I'm in. I'm I'm especially now that I'm getting into documentaries more, I'm I'm ready for some new content. So uh moving on to other new content. Talk about international feature film. So I got some thoughts here, because I almost have as much Guff with what missed the cut as much as what made the cut. Um, after seeing an unusual amount of maybe unusual for any other year, or just the fact that international features are becoming more watched. But uh, this year we had nominated Drive My Car Flea again. Flea is just for everyone else's uh awareness, it's an animated documentary foreign film. So it got nominated for three categories. You're going to hear it come up a couple more times. Mm-hmm. But since we led the way with that one, uh, then we had The Hand of God, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. Which is me, who didn't watch it today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bummer. It- I think we could have had a good conversation about it, but did you see Drive My Car? I
1: also did not. Those are the two I missed.
0: Good grief. I know I'm the worst
1: person in the podcast.
0: The worst person in the podcast. Um. Well, I'm just you...
1: going to, I just want to say real quick, I should yeah. have taken a note from your book. I should have just gone to see drive my car because it was very daunting to watch at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like when parasite came out, I was like, I need to, go to a theater because I do struggle. Like I didn't grow up watching a lot of foreign films, so I'm just not really used to doing the subtitle thing. But now I'm like, it's more like back in the day, I probably had a problem with it like in high school, but now it's like, oh, you don't have a problem with it. You have to remember that. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I do remember having some. uh, Just sort of reluctance to, to step into the world of subtitles, even Back to, like, ironically, talking about anime was our first episode. Right. But I remember just having a reluctance, like, I don't want to read because I'm going to miss the action of what's going on. And I felt like that was a real crappy attitude. Even at the time, I knew it was a crappy attitude. For sure. But... It, it it's still something that I think kind of sticks in the back of my head and it almost kind of makes me like, I kind of want to pursue learning some of these languages so that I can just watch it and understand like what they're saying, like watching a couple um, movies now in Spanish, which I've been studying a little bit, like it's a lot easier to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to see if I can understand first and then rely on the subtitle to help fill in the blanks. Cause then it's a much more enjoyable experience. I can actually like really focus on what's happening and not, have to try and read and then see what's happening in the scene. But for anybody else, I think it's really, it's a minimal and you know, barrier to you. You can still get the chunk of the movie. And I loved, loved drive my car. <laughs> it's a borderline, one of the tops of my list. And I won't, I won't show my hand too much here, but it, it's definitely the one I think will win this category.
1: Yeah. I will definitely be checking out before the actual Oscars happen, but um, mm-hmm. I definitely have heard a lot of buzz about it.
0: Yeah. I would still say worst person in the world is still ch- worth checking out. Um, I did not like the hand of God. I thought it was a very contrived, overly artsy movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think what upsets me about the hand of God is not that it was a bad movie, but that it just didn't feel like one of the best movies of the year. And it it upset me because I also watched Titan or Titan and Benedetta. Uh And I'm like, what, what happened here? (laughs) Benedetta
1: was a movie I could have definitely gotten behind for a best foreign film for sure.
0: Yeah. And I did want, I do want to spend some time talking about, both of those as could have what it shows because I think either of those easily could have snuck in to at least be nominated. <laughs> yeah, I have or... one as
1: well for foreign, too.
0: Good. What do you got?
1: I'm going to go with what I watched this weekend, which was Riders of Justice, the Mads Mickelson movie. Oh. I don't know. Like, I'm only thrown out there because of the few foreign films I watch, but I have it as like in my original screenplay noms, the script for that because. Wow. It's a study on vengeance, (laughs) Uh, you know, similar to the Batman. But um,
0: I'm vengeance. You know, we won't talk
1: about the Batman on this podcast. But uh, we got
0: another one coming for that one. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Hey, hey, hey. Teaser. Take it easy, sweetheart. (laughs) Um, But uh, Riders
1: of Justice is a real study of revenge and vengeance. And you get to have your cake and eat it too, because you get to see. Mads Mickelson have these like action taken moments which is amazing mm-hmm. but then it's also like but revenge though is it really good and it yeah. like it does that well you know how some movies try to do that and you're like no 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 you can't you can't give me both uh, <laughs> but I think this movie really does because there's consequences to the physical you know acts of revenge and it also just it's it's a math
0: movie too Oh,
1: I don't know if that gets you excited, but
0: <laughs> I mean, I love me some math, but I love me some Mads more than Ooh. anything else. And, and he's he's chonky in it. Like he's thick. <laughs> okay. I can dig that. I can dig it. I'll, I'll have to definitely check that one out because at some point I'll probably do a whole Mads Mickelson run from start to finish, including Hannibal and everything else that he's done. Um, cause I'm a, such a huge fan, but that's a good. Good one to throw in here. Um,
1: it's on like
0: Hulu and
1: Prime as well too, so it's easily I accessible.
0: Did see it on Hulu? Okay, yep. Maybe I'll sneak that in before the weekend. We'll see. I got a couple, catch a couple more Oscar nominees just for to sure. Make sure you can up.
1: save it because it didn't make it, but I would, yeah. do, I would recommend watching it.
0: Well, I, I mean, we should say here and now the movies that we're talking about is coulda, woulda, shoulda are there for a reason, like. And I want to talk about Benedetta because I was very, very surprised to learn that that was based on a true story. (laughs) Right. Very loosely, but it is a true story. Either way. It sounds like Verhoeven did not stray terribly far from the, the article that it was based on, even though obviously it's playing up a lot of what was going on. (laughs) But you um, have to
1: admit, when you watched that movie, it was way more reserved than you thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, when you come across a movie that is about a lesbian nun in the Italian Renaissance, you kind of expect all bets are off. But in that way, it, it was very interesting to see what the progression was. I, I don't know that it was you know, better than anything else. It's better than hand to God. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: um,
0: the other movies though, I, I think I'll just speak to these, you know, quickly, you know, hand to God. It, it's just about, it, it, it's a very loosely about movies and it's about living in Italy and being a youth who's kind of been pampered and sort of has to be thrown into the world very suddenly. It's not a bad story. I, I just didn't think it was the top five at all. <laughs> it's one of those. It's kind of the nightmare alley of its uh, category there, <laughs> um, which another teaser.
2: <laughs>
0: but Lunana, a yak in the classroom is a, is a wonderful film. Very, very nice watch. Uh, worst person in the world will speak to every millennial, I think, on some level. Anybody under the... Vibes. Anybody under the age of 35, I think is going to have something to relate to in that movie, but I could go off about drive my car. I think that will win. I think it should win it and Flea" are the, the hands down best of that category, in my opinion, but drive my car. I think even on the merits of if we already winning documentary in our world, I would put drive my car over it.
1: Definitely. I'm very excited to check it out before the Oscars.
0: Are you familiar with Titan though?
1: No, but that's another one that's on, the, uh, that's on the list that I hope to sneak in.
0: I think this is one that's going to start sneaking up on people a little bit because it won the Palme d'Or. And I think that's what surprised a lot of people that it didn't get nominated for at least Best International Feature. But um, this is
1: like the stuffy academy, and from what I hear about this movie, it's uh,
0: wild. It is very wild. I mean, it, it is about a, a woman who is has an affinity for cars in a very sexual manner <laughs> that kind of leads her into a whole crazy situation of a man being reunited with his son after years of him being lost. Um, this woman is a serial killer and... <laughs> It leads to some crazy situations. There is an actor in this movie, uh, Vincent Linden, who plays the character of Vincent, is excellent. Just a great performance. Um, I've totally missed him on the list, but he somehow grounds it in this reality and you're like, when is this dude doing it? What other movies is he in? (laughs) Like, It was one of those types of performances. Very good.
1: Definitely that one, because that's streaming, right?
0: That is streaming on the Hulu's and maybe Prime. I don't know. But uh, I would just say, yeah, I'd encourage people, check out your international features. Uh, you're you're going to be very surprised. It's a very strong crop overall. Yeah,
1: and you said uh, also, I'm just trying to help you with Benedetta's streaming too, right?
0: It is. Hulu?
1: Yeah. It's got the Merovingian in it, guys. So check it out.
0: <laughs> what a surprise that was. That was great. I loved it. <laughs>
1: he's kind of the same guy. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. It's a little different. Uh, there's that energy there. He's got that same energy. That's for sure.
1: I, uh, I watched uh, matrix reloaded yesterday. Oh, I love <laughs> I'm it. sorry. I should have been watching. No, I put it on when I was going to bed to be fair.
0: <laughs> um, Fred, we're going to set a record here for, I think our, our episode length this time, which is good. Cause this is, this is a lot of good conversation mm-hmm. going on, but we're, we're we're narrowing down. We're down to the, the big ones, aren't we? We got animated movie to talk oh. about next, which I do want to spend a little time talking about. How'd you feel about the animated crop?
1: I was very into all of them. Uh, Mitchell's versus the machines does mm. that thing that I love in all modern animation that we're seeing more and more and more of, especially like in uh, the most recent turning red, which is just because you can animate something realistically doesn't mean you can't add little embellishments and use the form. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Like Mitchell's machines, their eyes bug out. There's great almost anime style animations. Yes. You know, it's not just about making it look real. It's about how can we effectively tell a story through animation?
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a definitely surprising movie. um, Just because it's, it's a different feel than anything that Disney did. And to run down the nominees we had Encanto from Disney, we had Flea again, uh, Luca from Pixar, Mitchell's versus the machines from Sony and Raya and the last dragon from Disney. All of which are good, but man, yeah, there's something about that Mitchell's versus the machines that it felt great.
1: Yeah. I think that's the one that I think should win. Um, the first time I saw it in I was not, super about it because i really didn't like the opening song i thought it was kind of not great compared to some of like when i look at like moana like the songs in that really slap yeah then i kind of came around on it and i like more of the songs
0: yeah they do they do catch you a little bit more they got that lin man kind (laughs) of i don't know kind of catches you in its snare after a while and you're like okay Okay, we're not talking about Bruno. You're right. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just like, pressure like a grip, grip, grip. Na, 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 na.
0: <laughs> Man,
1: when those donkeys are like coming down in slow motion in the Encanto song, I love it.
0: It <laughs> will be, it's delightful. It's, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it all. I mean, I liked them all. What do you think will win out of all of them all? It's going to be in Canto, probably. Yeah. But I would
1: love the upset of the Lord and Miller, you know?
0: Yeah. I think the only thing stopping Flea from winning this category is that it's probably going to win a different category.
1: Right. And
0: the Academy won't ever cross those over they won't cross the lines like that even if it's that good
1: well also they're probably already like well is it an animation or is it a doc you know like a lot of them are probably split on the just the you know categorization of it
0: and that actually was my whole actually deciding factor i was like okay rather than be that kind of bullshitty the way that a, a actual judge would be i was trying to say well what does this movie do best it's a documentary it's international feature just by the nature of whose story it is. And it's, it was animated to help disguise the identity. I think the animation, like we talked about, it's good, but it's nothing like mind blowing. So I was like for an animated feature, I wouldn't give this the best animated, but it it's an incredible story. So for a documentary, I think that's the best example of that. For sure. Yeah. So um, I agree. Cano will win. Lee could win maybe just by that, but I like that upset and of that. You and that I Mitchell's. will be jumping
1: and dancing when uh, Mitchell's versus the machines wins. In an <laughs> upset.
0: Yes, indeed. Were there any other animated movies this year? I have two to talk about very briefly.
1: Nothing that I would give for animation, but I did have for like my, uh, for original screenplay,
0: I had Luca in there. Oh, Luca was a fun movie. Right. Not Pixar's best, but it was still enjoyable. That mm-hmm. um, pasta in that
1: looked really good.
0: <laughs> they do make food look good. And it's also kind of an anime thing. They always make things look good. And the other animated picture I wanted to mention, because it actually counts, was Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. What is this, this? is the fourth installment of the Neon Genesis Evangelion series. They're, they're re. Boot movies Uh, It's so incredibly difficult to explain This will require its own podcast someday Is this some anime stuff? This is some anime stuff We're talking about Japan animation (laughs) And then Sing 2 I heard some people liked it I didn't say it
1: (laughs) (laughs) We watched Sing 1 like a while ago Because I'm like It's all going to be like songs I know And the animals are going to be cute but didn't really cut it for me. But I will say, I almost gave best best picture to the Sing Two trailer.
0: Oh, do you
1: remember that trailer for Sing Two?
0: I do because the Bono reveal was so mind blowing.
1: It is, and it's like this contained little movie almost. I, I everyone just go watch the Sing Two trailer <laughs> and tell me that doesn't deserve a best picture nomination. It
0: probably does.
1: In my Facebook, is there's a post where I literally say that. I remember <laughs> posting that. And it got zero likes.
0: That's unfortunate because it really was a catchy trailer. If you're going to sell somebody on something, you do need that kind of hook that it had. And it had everything. Um, before we get to our next segment, Fred, we actually had a couple people call in and leave us some some voicemails to talk to us about their best, or I should say their favorite films of the year uh, with some pleas for what should have won or what could have been nominated. And uh, I just wanted to leave some time to, to play a couple of these now and maybe then we can react and get into our final discussion on the Best Picture category.
1: Sounds good to me. Hey, this is Joe Francisco, friend of the pod, and my favorite movie of the last year was Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought it did a great job at tying in all the various Spider-Men of the past decade uh, and weaving in all of the villain plot lines, um, having a lot of great little stories for all the um, other Spider-Men and villains that I think having that all in one movie Um, They just did such a great job at kind
0: of expertly having that balance of the overarching plot and then like the mini threads that each character went through in the movie.
1: I'm Lainey from Wauwatosa. I thought Coda was the best movie of the year. I thought it was a really intimate and humorous portrayal of a family that loved each other a lot, but it was going through something really challenging. It was a story that's familiar, but, um, told in a way that I hadn't really ever seen before.
0: Hey everyone. My name is Shannon. As for my favorite, honestly, it's so hard to pick. I don't think I have an overwhelming favorite because I enjoyed so many of them, which is kind of rare. I feel like usually I walk away with saying like, nope, this one's my favorite. I know it's not going to win, but, um, but yeah, I enjoyed so many of them. I think for my favorite, I'll pick what I could rewatch on repeat, which is probably Coda. So I'm going to go with that one.
1: Uh, my name's, my name's Peter. Um, and I thought Shang-Chi was excellent.
0: This is Jenny from Wawatosa, And my favorite uh, Oscar film was one that the actor was nominated, but the film wasn't nominated and it was tick, tick, boom. Um, I, I thought it was, it was great. It was
1: interesting. It, it is the the one, it sort of follows the one-man show of Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent and um, had no idea that he had this, you know, it was just interesting to see his background um, and interesting to hear him, you know, the process. And Andrew Garfield does an amazing job um, as Jonathan Larson in that film. And I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop since I've watched that film and I can't get out of my head. So that's been... My favorite pick this year. I'm Jasmine from Milwaukee, and
0: the Oscars uh, pool this year was incredibly stacked. There were so many movies across so many categories, so it was really hard to pick what my favorite was. But ultimately, I gotta say that my favorite was actually uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines uh, in the animated features section. Um, it is just a, such a heartwarming movie about a you know totally oddball family. And this really, like, insane kind of situation they're in and how they overcome that together along with their own internal family struggles. Um, But what really got me was just some of the jokes. Um, They were so funny, like, belly laugh, hilarious. And I don't think I've really experienced a movie that's, like, moved me that emotionally in quite a while. So that's my favorite. All right. So I thought the most interesting one that was brought up there, somebody mentioned Tick Tick Boom, which... I was surprised didn't get nominated for a best picture.
1: Yeah. You don't hear people talking about the movie as much, just the performance. But I think for a first time directing, it's a really well-directed movie.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a very good first effort for, for, for Lynn. And I, I mean, I didn't think it was going to win, but definitely a movie that I thought blended a lot of good stuff, kind of held him, you know, exactly where he belongs right just sort of in his wheelhouse with musical and just big performances yeah and I've, very new york very new york but yeah i mean we heard a couple other great ones too Mitchell's versus the machines we just talked about shang chi shang chi which i'll first mention of that one which we talked a lot about no way home but shang chi was great
1: <laughs> for sure i mean i think uh simulu is that how you pronounce it yeah, I've I never so. seen him before. And I'm like more of him cause he had comedic and just good guy energy. And it wasn't like someone else's comedic, good guy energy. We have already seen kind of like how mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of doing Tony Stark
0: a little bit, right? Yeah. He's kind of got that, that energy that, that, uh, Robert Downey Jr. brings. It's like second episode in a row that Robert Downey Jr. is getting a shout out. <laughs> um, But yeah, a lot of good picks. So thanks everybody for, for calling in and submitting those. Uh, we also ran a poll on our Facebook page and asked people, you know, what they thought too. Uh, A lot of people liked Coda to win best picture. They also liked Coda as a movie that they wanted to win best picture, but also Dune was one that a lot of people thought, uh, so just to run through the list of nominees for Best Picture this year, we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And, yeah, our, our group really liked those movies. Um, we'll kind of get into the whole... Coulda what it should is, but first what were you liking in this group, Fred?
1: I mean, I think this is a pretty strong group. I did like Licorice Pizza, but I feel we both didn't talk about it too much because we weren't enamored with it, but we definitely liked it. Right? Mm-hmm. Was that your vibe? Um I and very much about West Side Story and Power of the Dog on the list. Those are the two for me that are going to win, but I also, not that I would want to win, I mean, but what I keep hearing, the big vibe is Coda's going to come and sweep this thing, which I think Coda is a good movie, but I also think half of it is a by-the-books person trying to make it a music movie, and the other half is this great family story, Mm -hmm. and I kind of wish it was just the one and not the other.
0: For sure. As I much as that. I
1: love a movie like that, I think that was not like
0: that interesting to me. No, I, I definitely liked the family story. I liked how it came together at the end. Right. I mean, man, Coda. It it definitely can win. It's debatable if it should.
1: Right. It's very much like an old person Oscar pick. It also feels yeah. kind of like a nineties Oscar movie in a way, too. It,
0: it does. It does have that energy. But it was so good too. The performances, we already talked about Troy Kotzer being very good in that. Um it's a story that we've never seen before either. And I think that's what I like the most about it. I we've heard of, you know, children of deaf adults. We've heard I mean, there is a story about that. Back when Sound of Metal came out, one of the actors was a coda who played a deaf person in that movie and, you know, did a very good portrayal. But then it was uh, even a bigger experience to see some actual, you know, people who had, you know, they were deaf playing, you know, deaf people. It's just felt more real.
1: Yeah. And I definitely I hope this comes across in the best way possible, but I think there's something to having deaf people who have to express with their hands and like almost emotive faces. Mm-hmm. I feel like they almost have like this great upper hand to being great actors because watching Troy Kotzer do his like sign language and his expressions, just everything he's doing. I'm just like, everything is heightened because they're used to having to get information across maybe people who don't sign language.
0: Yeah. and, I mean, it was great representation. It was great performances up and down the board. I mean, Marley Matlin is someone we didn't talk about in the best actress category, but probably could have gotten one for sure. She's That's already an Oscar that winner. <laughs>
1: the acting is yeah. kind of top notch across the board. I-, I could see anyone really of the family group. I think the brother is excellent in it.
0: Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, you, really, there there wasn't a weak performance in the movie. And usually that leads to good results, which could lead to a win this year. Uh. Fred, you brought up Licorice Pizza. I have something to share with you because I had a dream last night that I had to give a review of the movie Licorice Pizza. I'm throwing you the biggest curveball of all time here, but I'm gonna read what my review was. I woke up in the middle of the night laughing because I wrote this review down. <laughs> I really two in the morning woke up and wrote this down. I'm ready. It goes like this. Licorice Pizza is a movie made by aliens for aliens, and you can't convince me otherwise. If you replaced every character in the movie with the same hairless actor, the movie flows seamlessly as the greatest alien adventure of all time. Imagine using somebody like Anthony Kerrigan, who plays NoHo Hank in Barry, as your every actor in the movie. Oh my god. That kind of
1: makes sense, but it also really doesn't. I'm a little worried for you, but I think as part of the podcast, I think Tom needs to start keeping a dream journal and we'll just get excerpts here and there, movie reviews, takes on life.
0: (laughs) I'd be happy to share that. I just I, I wish I could illustrate. How funny it was to to even then see a still from the movie where it literally is just no ho Hank as as like the Bradley Cooper character talking back to no ho. <laughs> uh, uh, the weird part about that, despite it not being at all accurate, is the fact that Licorice Pizza is a very weird movie, for sure. <laughs> Which all Paul Thomas Anderson movies are weird movies. Some of them are brilliance in their weirdness. Some of them are just, I don't know. What, what are, where were your thoughts? I mean, you said, you you know, you and I talked separately about this, but to share our thoughts on air, a real review that's not influenced by a tree. Well,
1: my review is kind of like kind of bullshit, but here's the deal. I think I like that movie for reasons. Paul Thomas Anderson didn't necessarily mean or to get hung up on. I like that movie because I'm a Kevin Smith fan. I've been hearing the John Pierce story on his talks, on his podcasts all this time, and it's literally like PTA. Like watched those and took notes and used it. And I'm also a person who has seen all eleven seasons of Frasier multiple times. Like that's always my comfortable throw-on. And having him just like do BB Newworth, like, or not BB Newworth, that's the actress who plays uh, Fraser's ex wife, but have BB, the agent, just be in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, which I know PTA is that guy. He is the guy who was like, I really like her and Fraser. I'm going to write her a little role that's similar, but it's going to be in my movie. (laughs) Like, I feel he's that guy. (laughs) Like, Uh, So it's kind of like, I like that movie for those two big reasons and everything else is okay.
0: Yeah, I totally track with what you're saying there. I think there's a lot of great performances. I would even give a shout out to Alana Haim. I didn't think it was one of the best of the year, but I think she's somebody to watch going forward. For sure.
1: Um, I'd be very interested to see her next movie that isn't so tied to like her family and Hollywood. And like I would like to see something kind of stripped away from who she is, which I have a feeling she could do.
0: Yeah, I think she's capable. Um, see Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid jumping into a role. Definitely a, a very interesting thing too. Um it, I mean, it, it had that Paul Thomas Anderson flair without the substance and that
1: uh, and the runtime. It's a yeah. pretty quick flick, and I like that.
0: Yeah, which is good. I just... It danced a very sensitive line, which the movie knew it was doing, and then I felt like... Just kind of gave up at the end. And... That left a little sour taste in my mouth. For sure. Yeah. Um. You've kind of given a couple thoughts on King Richard, but... want to share maybe just a little bit more of like what was your overall feel on that movie
1: overall feel I almost feel like it should have been two two movies or a series I think it would have been a great series where like the first half is kind of this dad who's trying to make it happen he's not like 100% in the right at all he's kind of a rough character and not Mm -hmm. all there but he's driven and he's interesting and I feel like That's one movie. And then the second movie is this great movie with John Barenthal like training young Venus and Serena Williams like (laughs) that has these great set pieces that are the uh, tennis matches. And Mm. they feel like I said, like you're watching Friday Night Lights movie I've never seen, but I assume that's
0: what it feels like. I mean, if we're talking about the TV series, then I can definitely relate. (laughs) But that's. That's something that I think you want out of the movie when you go into it though, right? It's like, you want to see these great performances of this experience that this family went through and how they even came to be. And yeah, it's a, it's a nice way to, I don't know, just, just make sports exciting again. Cause we don't get outside of Moneyball, What was that? 10 years ago we were talking about. We don't get a lot of these that are sports related stories that don't feel as schmaltzy as like the blind side, you know? Right. So
1: yeah, that's my well, big takeaway of it. It's good, but like, man, it could have been a great six part series or something. Yeah. Like that.
0: I'll look forward to watching it later this week and really give me my judgment then. Because um, the next movie I'll get into and get my take is on drive my car and finally give the, the, the inside out on this because I didn't expect what we got. When you read a title called Drive My Car, you think it's going to be very, I don't know, maybe a little more, like, edge, like, kind of maybe there's, like, some kind of, like, stunt implication or, you know, or maybe it is a little Driving Miss Daisy, which, to be honest, there is a little bit of that element to it. Well, the cover has
1: that vibe very much.
0: Yeah, but without any of that kind of history that driving Miss Daisy has <laughs> is absolutely the furthest thing from that movie. In fact, it's also another movie that involves um, a deaf character or I don't actually the character is not deaf, but they are using Korean sign language in the movie. Oh, wow. So an interesting connection back to Coda to see two movies prominently use sign language as a form of communication. Um, truthfully, the movie is all about communication and it's, from the very beginning to the very end um, it's a very subtle way to approach how we talk to each other as people, how our relationships kind of develop who we become as we continue to talk with these people that we come to know so well. And even just people we've meet like by chance or, you know, because of circumstance Uh, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Like it's hard to say anything. I know that seems like a cheap, you know, adjective to use for it, but the movie is three hours long, and you could probably sit there and watch another hour of it. Okay. It's it's great. Yeah, it's,
1: like uh, I said, I'm going to be getting them in before um, the Oscars. I also, didn't help. I was sick this last week, and yeah. I feel like. That being sick and tackling a subtitled film is kind of like another animal.
0: <laughs> well, you just don't want to focus that if you got like a headache or something. Like no, that,
1: I right? wanted to watch Matrix, Matrix Reloaded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is much more in line with what you need. Um, but yeah, I drive my car. I think it's a great, it's a Japanese film. Um, the subtitles don't intrude at all because the movie relies on all these different types of communication. Uh, It's very much into a story about a person who is putting on a stage play in Hiroshima and just kind of how his life led him there and what his experiences there bring to him. And I'll leave it at that.
1: It's on HBO max too. And I will say you do have to turn on the subtitles.
0: It won't do it for you. (laughs) I find that a lot with some movies recently, even watching the worst person in the world yesterday on prime. We started watch it and we're like, there should be subtitles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't do, they're not doing that. We had to rewind like three minutes to <laughs> go right. back and find it. Um let's keep going though. Let's talk Dune. Dune.
1: Dune, Dune is the movie Dune. I uh I, I tracked and kept track of how many uh seats were filled at the ultra screen because I was like, There's only one way I'm Dune in this. Does that worked? <laughs> you're doing there's it. only one way i'm
0: getting this dune and that's on oh, the big screen these puns are killing me man but i love it <laughs> uh do you like it
1: i loved it and i'd kind of like i was like i w- I know i'm gonna have to see this but i kind of get bored out by hard sci-fi like i struggle yeah. with a lot of that and this is kind of like this is the text this is like the og stuff this is like john carter from mars kind of you know yeah and uh, it held my attention. I think the score, I know we're not going to open that up really because we don't have time, but I will say, man, I love me
0: some throat saying. Oh yeah. There was something very beautiful. Again, there's that word, but it was a beautifully shot movie. Cause you think about obviously the most popular sci-fi desert movie, star Wars. And we seem to connect. Get off of Tatooine for whatever reason. There's a whole universe to explore, and we're spending time on the same goddamn planet. Well, they,
1: they get there's great tax breaks to shoot on Tatooine compared to some of the other planets.
0: I suppose that's true, right?
1: It's like shooting in Atlanta, Tatooine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Tatooine is the Atlanta of uh, the galaxy far, far away. We're gonna have Donald Glover show up.
2: <laughs> I like. Actually, it. He, he did show did. up on Tatooine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh he's gonna be a good lando again i'm excited for his return for sure but yeah i really liked dune it doesn't hit you over the head once part two comes out i'm excited to revisit david lynch's version just to see if maybe that makes more sense because he very much lynched that thing <laughs> well, it's um, kind of
1: funny i think i told you that i fell asleep at the perfect time watching the lynch version because i didn't realize that it Told the whole story, or at least tries yeah. to. So I still have half of that movie to watch, but I'll tell you this: I like the first half. Yeah, helped, <laughs> well, I mean, it, okay, it helps that if you watch the Viet the, the new version, he's really good at telling the story. So I had all that information, which helped.
0: Yeah, but no, via Nueve definitely. Um, he brings a different kind of art to it that I think Lynch wanted to do, but when Lynch goes full Lynch. He tends to make something that he thinks is just the greatest thing he's ever seen, and he leaves everybody else going, "What is happening?" (laughs) I mean, that's Twin Peaks in a nutshell. It's beautiful, it's crazy, but you just you're along for the ride, and uh, I'm I'm excited to revisit that train. But great, great roles in this Dune movie. Little the Timothee. Ferguson, we talked about. Momoa, we got to bring up, because...
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's great, I think, and that.
0: That was one of the roles I was like, maybe Chelsea Momoa, Jason, he's he's good. I mm-hmm. think he gets it. I think he's in there.
1: For sure. I liked uh David Dashmeltian. I can't think... Of, he's Mr. Yeah. Polka Dot Man. He's always good, and he's kind of a S- Denis Villeneuve regular. He was in Prisoners, I know. Yeah. Is it Villain? via nueve or is it via new D- denis via Venue, i believe is right via Vill- I- via something like that
0: via Nuve. oh goodness all right well we apologize sir you are a wonderful filmmaker i love Blade runner 2041 for um,
2: sure
1: uh
0: outside of that though stellan skarsgård also great mm. and i mean oscar isaac's like top build but maybe like the seventh most important person in the movie.
1: <laughs> but the first most handsome.
0: Absolutely. He's a very handsome he's, man in that. He's uh, second to none. I like
1: Javier Bardem coming in, but I'm just, I feel like we're really going to get that goodness in the second yeah. part.
0: Yeah. He's just, he was a little like, just a little a taste mm-hmm. of what was to come. Him and, and, him and Zendaya. Yeah.
1: Right. And I'm just going to say, and I don't think we can hate on too much. The only thing I would poke at that movie is it's definitely half of a movie.
0: It is. It's an incomplete story, and it leaves you wanting more, which it should, but it's also like, I don't know. Maybe it could have been a series, too, but everything could be. Let's tackle Don't Look Up.
1: <laughs> 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 and uh, I liked Vice. <laughs> I'm going to say I no liked
0: Vice? Okay.
1: I liked Vice, and I liked uh, The Big Short. I okay. I didn't think Don't Look Up was. I thought Don't Look Up, Don't Look at this movie. <laughs> I think the performances are good, and maybe I'll just leave mm-hmm. it at that.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Performances are good. This is a movie. I think once I heard all the lashback, it was better to have that coming in to not expect too much because then I could kind of take the movie for what it was. But when the movie kind of spins from being about, Oh, we're, we don't care about climate control to, or yeah, about, you know, global warming to, well, we don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really, really hits you over the head. And it's, it's tough because it's like, there's validity, but it's also eccentric in that very Adam McKay way. And I don't, you know who right. should have
1: taken a pass at this, and I will say their show is not my favorite. But I think they could have handled this really well. Is Trey Parker and Matt Stone? Oh man, I think it needed kind of that flippant. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm gonna make fun of all your dumbasses. It yeah. tried to do that, but it just doesn't do it as well as they do it. <laughs> right.
0: No, and that that's I think that's actually a good call. You did need that that cynical satire here which it's cynical but it's also preachy in a very obtuse way and right and that's why
1: as much as I have faults with the South Park show I feel like when they like the South Park movie is great yeah at that or exact Book, of Mormon Book of Mormon did you great. see Book of Mormon yes oh yeah I can't I wish they would do a film adaption of that
0: What I loved, what they did in Book of Mormon, which is not a movie or anything. Yeah. Like you said, but I love that they point out the obvious flaws in Mormonism with, with also kind of making you sort of pity the people that are involved with it a little bit, or, you know, it just, maybe not pity, but, you know, just sort of empathize with the fact that it's like, this is sort of, they're, they're caught up in this. They don't quite no other way it's just they're right. kind of fed this bullshit you know and
1: I, I just really want uh the Book of Mormon to hit the community theater realm so I can just audition for the Josh Gadd role just because I think I could do that. You crush it man it'd be so good.
0: What book it's about Jesus
1: I'm about to do it for the first time and I'm about to do it with a girl <laughs> girl we're
0: <laughs> submitting this as your audition tape yeah um i'll throw another one out there that could have done that movie maybe a little more tastefully and it's a little different like judge oh yeah that's
1: the better <laughs> choice problem that's that's the choice i would put money on
0: yeah <laughs> we need we need some more mike judge i hear he's reviving beavis and butthead again which i'm always here for more beavis and butthead but i want to see him do something original because
1: so, um, I miss because when I wanted to watch it, my parents would let me wouldn't mm-hmm. let me. And when I could watch it, I kind of felt like I missed it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's kind of where my camp was too. It, it was, I could watch it when I wasn't being monitored as closely. And then, yeah, parents were having that. Um, we talked a little bit about power of the dog cause I don't want to, Get too do, too into anything we talked about already. Belfast, we talked a little about the Van Morrison of it all. <laughs> Great performances in that, though too. I mean, you know, we talked about Kieran Hines and um, Nightmare Alley. I mentioned that. I kind of dogged it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it, not. Guillermo's it's it's, it's a effort. pretty
1: good script, and I like the turn of what happens. But yeah, it's a little long. Like. If, If that was an hour and a half tight, more abstract movie, I think that would have been my best picture choice because it's like hitting so many notes for me. But yeah, it's lengthy and it just isn't as, like he's not bringing it like he did with Shape of Water with the aesthetics.
0: He had a whole different thing going with Shape of Water that felt like you were really in this world where, yeah, I don't know, Nightmare Alley felt to kind of like, mm, this is the old America and we're dealing with a kind of un- indescript time period. I don't know. It's, it's a good movie. It's another one. That I would say I would have loved to have made room for some other movies. We'll get to that in one last second here. But what do you think about West side story? We talked a bit about, but let's, let's talk a little more. I I would say um,
1: that I I don't want to open the can of worms. We didn't really focus on uh, director, like best director, but my kind of split, and this might be jumping ahead of time a bit, but I think I'll just put my cards on the table. I give best director, West Side Story, Steven Steven Spielberg, best picture, Power of the Dog. That's Mm. how I do it because I think the filmmaking in West Side Story is the best the best directing of the lot the way he moves the camera i i'm gonna cite the officer krupke scene yeah it's just a great use of camera and when people dance it looks unhuman yeah in the best way
0: i loved and, and i don't know how this compared to in the heights so maybe you'll provide that but i find that in a lot of musical movies it still feels like you're watching something on stage Whereas I felt like in West Side Story here, I love that it. it felt like you were in New York and you were in that time period and you were in a place like it was kind of showed it right away from them in like the, the junkyard. And you're like, whoa, OK, we're out here.
1: I've watched <laughs> the junkyard opening five times. Oh, man.
0: West Side Story was wonderful. I love the original. I recognize some of the, the pitfalls of that, specifically the fact that we had. Uh, recent appropriate people, playing <laughs> Puerto Ricans. Um, but yeah, this just hit it, it, it really brought all the notes that West Side Story should represent to the forefront.
1: And it kind of stinks that In the Heights came out the same year because I feel John Cho Chu does a lot of the similar moves because it's New York, it's a musical. But he mm-hmm. also does these great abstract things like I know it was in the trailer, like Anthony Ramos does like the DJ woof, 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 on a uh, sewer grate uh, and it actually spins and people <laughs> like dance on the walls in that movie. And it's very this big, abstract, beautiful thing. And I'm just surprised. That's another one I'm going to slot in for best director, but not picture I would put in the Heights for directing too. Mm. Little well, true
0: action. Which oh yeah. I'm very I'm excited. He's for.
1: tackling another big musical that are like kind of an adaption. I'll pull it up if you want to
0: hit it Book for of Mormon. a little while, but I am <laughs> curious. Yeah. Yeah. While you're doing that, I think we, we talked a little bit about, yeah, Belfast. I, I, I don't think there's a lot to say. It's it's fine. It's a good movie. It's an interesting story. I
1: don't know. Kenneth Branagh's mustache in that one just wasn't selling it for me. <laughs> he didn't know, he didn't accuse of anyone of murder in that one.
0: Yeah, I need everything to be murder on the Nile. Even though I haven't seen that yet. But I'm I haven't seen the new see one.
1: <laughs> the most problematic movie of 2022, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we'll we'll finish the nominees with Power of the Dog. So this is your will win?
1: This is
0: what I would pick, and
1: I don't think it's going to win. I think it's going to be Coda.
0: Ooh, Okay. I I liked Power of the Dog for the whole run to will win. Power of the Dog, I think what benefited my watch was I heard that there was some goofiness at the end that you had to watch out for. So I was kind of on the alert from the start. I wish I had that when I got to the end. Yeah. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Wait. And then I piece it together. And I remember, and this is a tip for anybody watching the movie without spoiling anything. Cause I don't think we should, I don't think we should spoil no. it. The very first line of the movie, remember it. <laughs> it will make everything make sense at the end.
1: If you're watching it and you don't think things are happening, you're not watching close enough, is kind yeah. of the vibe of this movie, which I think is a plus and a
0: minus. Yeah. I do agree with that. There's a lot to in this movie. We've talked about Benedict just <laughs> hammering it up as a Yale man, just playing as a cowboy, but I mean the performances are are all great. Everybody got nominated and they should have Jesse Plemons may be questionable, but he's such a wonderful actor that it's again, where's his bar?
1: Jesse Plemons gave my favorite Jesse Plemons performance other than breaking bad in the new Netflix movie windfall, which is him, Jason Siegel. And I can't remember the actress's name, but it's a tight hour and a half movie on Netflix. I really recommend I'm in for that then Jesse Plemons. That's probably my favorite of him. Again, other than, of course, him and Breaking Bad. I think he kind of like set the bar pretty high there. <laughs> he um, was the John a mo- uh, movie he's doing is Wicked. Ah, a play I have not seen. I have not seen it either, but I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, that will be interesting to see. I just hope it's not like the great and powerful Oz. Um, <laughs> let's wrap up our podcast here by talking about. Couple movies, although we're at an ex- uh, our new record length here. Hold on.
1: Let's wrap this up right now.
0: I'm saying this very
1: loud so my fiance knows that we're ending. <laughs> she, I told her 25 more minutes whenever that break was.
0: Uh, it was a little while ago. <laughs> um, we are just going to talk about some movies that could have been nominated. We'll give some very brief thoughts, I think, on these. uh, I mean, we've talked about a couple of them already. I did want to share first, though, that we from our poll, though, from our responses, a couple of movies that people have mentioned or wanted to nominate if they could have. The Last Duel was one. Old. (laughs) Which I don't know who who submitted that one. Uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. and pig
1: yep pig is on my pick best picture nom list too
0: yeah i think pig could have easily slid in there if anybody really gave it a look right (laughs) i I think
1: it deserves a solid nom i would not give it a win but definitely a nom
0: about the last duel you caught that right last
1: duel i put under my adapted screenplay because i think the screenplay of it is really good and i think it plays like a it's really the best of Ridley Scott. It's got uh, great, great uh, big ideas in it.
0: But it's mm-hmm. also,
1: he's like, yeah, I'm going to have a few scenes where people cut heads off because I know y'all like
0: that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's That sounds like Ridley, though, for sure. Right. Especially, yeah, every other movie he's done, there's always some kind of weird dismemberment.
1: Wait, Last, last Duel, though, um, Best Mullet? Best Mullet? Did you
0: Maybe. see the Last Duel? I didn't.
1: Oh, I would. Just but say I've Matt the Kind of has like this mullet going, I would say that's <laughs> mullet.
0: That's perfect for him, though. I could actually like imagine him doing that for multiple movies. He kind of does that in. Um... No, it's not a mullet. I was thinking of Euro Trip when he's playing like the, <laughs> the rocker, rocker on stage. It's kind of more of a mohawk.
1: And I would say if there was more room on my best supporting list, I really think Ben Affleck kills it. He's bringing his fuckboy energy, and he's just. Great. Right.
0: Oh, I suppose. <laughs> um, we should talk no way home. A lot of people have talked about why this movie didn't get nominated. Could it have been nominated? It's like the highest grossing movie of the past few years since end game. Eh, what are your thoughts? No. Cause
1: if you take all the stuff of multiple Spider-Men and the history of everything else, that movie is not that great story's not that great the big ending (laughs) is whether they get into college no no (laughs) that's what i'm gonna say this movie really just relies on phantom and it does this great math like kind of like algebra equation where it makes it work but not a very good movie
0: Mm. i agree to an extent i (sighs) think there's a lot to be said for a movie that people can enjoy though. Even the people who recognize it's not the highest form of art enjoyed it. And and it's fine. Right. Cause it's like, it's a, it's a love letter to every Spider-Man movie that preceded it. Even the ones that people didn't love. And it really tied up everything in a nice bow. But I think that's also part of why I wouldn't put it on there and why I kind of poo poo with people who say, well, it should have been best picture. It's like, you almost need to see every previous Spider-Man movie to make this one work. And mm. I I don't think it stands on its legs if you've only seen Spider-Man one with Toby or the first two. And then, oh, I watched Endgame and Infinity War, so I saw the Tom Holland in that. It's like I think you need to see every single Spider-Man to really have this one resonate and understand the arcs that these characters are going through. But also then, it's like, it's juggling a lot. And it's, yeah, getting into college is the ultimate
1: point. <laughs> but I'm excited that it's set up for some New York Spider-Man movies. So yeah. I'm hoping.
0: We need some New York Spider-Man. But yeah, again. More, I
1: just need more guys like, yo, Spider-Man over there. Over
0: there. <laughs> hey, Spider-Man, what you doing in here?
1: You messing with New York, you messing with all of us. <laughs>
0: I do love the first Sam Raimi's. So I'm excited for Doctor Strange too, just because that's Raimi back doing some crazy Raimi shit. For sure. I had a long list of movies. I don't know that either of them though I would have put in there. I didn't see French Dispatch, so I don't have the love affair with Wes Anderson that everyone else has. <laughs> I've never had that. Um, outside of uh Grand Budapest, because that's a wonderful movie. All
1: right. Yeah, I saw French Dispatch in theaters with my friend who loves it. And we went home and we rented old and I was like, after we watched, it, I was like, this was a better movie than your Wes Anderson. Movie. <laughs> Wasn't it? And he had to say yes, because it was, it was Isaac. I'll just say that. Yeah. You, you know, future guest Isaac said like, yeah, who's he's, he loves Wes Anderson. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that movie was just kind of all, all sheen and no substance.
0: <laughs> yeah. When
1: we watched old, he was like, hell yeah.
0: All right, we'll talk we'll talk a little old. Well, I want to
1: be clear real quick before you say yeah. that. I'm gonna say I'm not giving it best picture on my list. I'm okay. giving it a best director nom, and that's it, because I think mm. this movie shot super cool. There's great shots in it, and it just uses the camera really well. Okay.
0: I'll give you some of that. There's some very interesting things that Shimon was doing with it, and the most prominent acting role for him to date. Very surprising. Other than Praying with Anger, which he started. in. Oh, that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Most prominent of, like, the Shyamalan nah, know, movies. Yeah, the Shyamalan <laughs> movies. I liked old. I didn't love old. I didn't hate old. It's maybe the only M. Night movie I can think of where I didn't either have a very sour taste in my mouth at the end or that I was over the moon with. Because um, that's basically every other movie of his I've watched. I loved Unbreakable. I hated The Village. I loved Signs. I hated... <laughs> um, what was the other one? The oh, Happening? The... Nope, didn't see it. Uh, Glass. I did uh, not enjoy that at all. I loved Split. I mean, that's it's always been that big seesaw, but... Yeah, this one fell firm in the middle. I didn't love some of the acting performances. I loved some of the ideas that this movie was in. I loved the casting of the kids growing up. That was great. Perfectly, like, very interesting story that he didn't ruin and he didn't kill it. That's where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I
1: just some solid, I don't know, because you watched at home, I got to see theaters. had, like, mm-hmm. uh. there's a moment with the uh woman who's about her appearance. Her mm. horror scene I think is straight disturbing.
0: Yeah, that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. She's uh she's a pretty interesting actress. She showed up in a couple of things this past year, uh, Lovecraft Country and a couple other things. And Abby Lee, uh, that's her name. Um she's uh she's definitely another one to keep an eye on. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a great performance from her so far, but she looks like she's got chops. For sure. She's one of the the wives from um Mad Max Fury Road. And oh, if you okay. start looking at that list of like these, a lot of women who didn't get a lot to do in that movie, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, there's Riley Keogh. There's Zoe Kravitz. Right. <laughs> you just, it's like, oh, okay. So they're all kind of blossoming. I think that's pretty much at the end of our thing. Any other movies or anything else you want to give a shout out to Fred?
1: No, I think, I think we better wrap it up. I got to give the bedroom back to my, you know, fiance so she can go to work, you know, and make money. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, support, you know, support us, you know, unlike, you know, what we're doing. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, but it's um, been great though. We've been looking forward to this and it was super fun. Of course it's our longest episode.
0: Yeah. It was an easy, easy accomplishment to get to this length. Um thanks for sticking with us through this whole episode. Uh, Fred, anything you want to plug quick before we wrap up?
1: Definitely. I have a show this Saturday. Let me pull up Saturday, the 26th at the Interchange Theater. Go to the Interchange Theater website. I'll be doing short form comedy with Glitter Bomb. Come see me perform. It's my first show back in a long time.
0: Ooh, Freddie on stage to the interchange com If you want to get tickets for that show on Saturday night. The 26th of March. Um, and all the other thing I'll plug is if you are enjoying listening to this show and you want to donate and help us keep it going. All funds are going right back into the show. Uh, we're just using it to buy better equipment, buy a better studio space, everything we can we can put our hands on to give you a better product. Uh, it's buymeacoffee.com slash S-O-T-F. And stay tuned for next time. We'll be talking Wayne's world. Wayne's world. world. <laughs> really harmonize. <that> kind of <laughs> <oddly. laughs> um, yeah, we'll do a little better on that show, but we'll look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for sticking with us and enjoy the Oscars this Sunday. See you then. Happy watching.